2: Notre Dame fans, welcome back to another edition of the Irish Breakdown podcast. My name is Brian Driscoll. I'm the publisher at irishbreakdown.com, joined today by our football analyst, Vince Tadario and Vince. Yesterday we broke down the breakout players for the Notre Dame offense. Today, we're going to talk defense. We're going to yes. talk about breakout players for the Notre Dame defense. And you know, it was uh yesterday with offense it was kind of like you know, I'm not sure who I'm going to put in there. It was kind of because there's just to me there's just a little bit of a lack of faith on my part that some of the talented players that they have uh are going to be given an opportunity to break out.
1: Not so much on defense. Right. Yeah, Well, and that's, that's exactly it. I was going through the roster today and the depth chart, and it was – I probably could have come up with about 10 defensive guys <laughs> who I have had a legitimate chance of taking that next step, right? right? We talked about the three different kind of levels of breakout player. There's like 10 guys that could fit in one of those three levels. Um, and so this one was more of a – I got to throw it down – as mm-hmm. opposed to, man, is there, you know, do I have faith that he's going to get on the field? Do I, you know, mm-hmm. if it was a different offensive philosophy, it was a different offensive scheme, then yeah, there, there's a bunch of guys on offense who I think could pop. Um, but defensively, we've seen in the past, and yes, there's a brand new defensive coordinator, but I don't see that philosophy changing. And I think any. his track
2: record is such that right, you know, exactly. he hasn't had any issue developing new defenses as they lose players at Cincinnati.
1: And, and there hasn't been the track record of Brian Kelly interfering with the defense for the most right. part. So since
2: since t- the 2016 turnover, he's pretty much turned the defense over right. to outsiders C- and it's correct. worked perfectly.
1: Yes. And so I think even he realizes that this is a good thing. I'm going to let it go. And, and he got his guy. So I don't know why he wouldn't do that. So, right. uh, so defensively there's a bunch of guys, mm-hmm. man. And, and I, I, it's interesting because your list is a little different than mine. And that kind of speaks to the fact that there's so many different guys that we could have talked about.
2: And there's guys I feel like I'm leaving off and I'm like, man, I just I don't want to leave
1: that guy off because he could really, he could
2: really break out this year. And my list looks a little bit different now than when I did the online version at oursbreakdown.com because the roster is a little bit different now. Yeah. yeah. We'll, we'll get, we'll get into that for sure. But no, I think, I think for me, Vince, the the number of potential breakout players on offense for me is actually greater. If we're just talking talent, just pure talent, you know, receiver alone, there's five guys that could be breakout players this year. You know, a couple tight ends, running back, offensive lineman. It's just more of a more confidence based on proven track record than on defense. These guys, it's like you you look at defensive line, for example. How can you not have a defensive lineman? Listed as a potential breakout player, you look at what Mike what Mike Elson's been able to do. They lose Jerry Tillery the next year. The defensive line is just as productive, if not a little bit more so. They lose Khalid Kareem and Julian Akwara and and Jameer Jones, who had a very good 2019 season when Dalen Hayes and Akwara got hurt. And Adi Ogandiji and Adi Takumba Ogandiji and Dalen Hayes step into the to this to the lineup and thrive. You know, and you lose Drew Tranquil and Tavon Coney, no big deal. Asmar is gonna step in and get the job done. And now obviously that coach is gone, but you know, there's there's nothing about Marcus Freeman's track record that says he's not gonna do as good, if not a better job, than what we saw the last three years, which was right. a, a great job of coaching by Clark Lee. <clears throat> yeah. So I think that there's obviously that that established track record of, of getting it done mm-hmm. that that we haven't seen on the other side of the ball, you know, where when Notre Dame lost some talented players on the offensive line, it took them time to get the offensive line going, sometimes a full season sure. to get the offensive line going. We haven't seen, you know, the receivers to a degree have shown it, but it's what receivers are going to get that opportunity. Are you just going to slide a veteran, Joe Wilkins type of guy in there, or are you going to give the young guys an opportunity? Defensively, they're going to play the best guy. I think they've established that, that they're going to play the best guy. And they're going to get young guys opportunities to get in there and, and develop their game. And if they step up and play, they're going to play more. And so I think that's why what made it easier.
1: Now, I will say uh, that with everything you just said is 100% true with one exception and that would be the buck linebacker this past season. I I Yes. I do yes. not believe they were playing the best player for the job. The whole season, I think uh, there's only
2: one person that be, there's only two people. On, well, let me rephrase <laughs> there's four people on the planet that believe that Shane Simon was the top player at the Buck. It's Shane Simon, Shane Simon's mom, <laughs> Shane Simon's dad, and Clark Lee.
1: Right? I think right, that's it, exactly.
2: That's the extent of the list, of right? People who thought Shane Simon was Notre Dame's best. Buck so linebacker so I Shane. wanted
1: to throw that out there because we don't necessarily think the defense walks on water, yeah, or anything, but. We nobody's do, perfect but right overall right. the philosophy is different than right it is on offense. no coach is
2: infallible and and Correct. and the difference between the defense and the offense is the anomalies on offense are when younger players get a chance to shine yeah the anomaly on defense is when you see what happened with Shane Simon that that's the anomaly of what we've seen on defense I guess that's kind of what made 2020 interesting because I think we could have that same conversation about Sean Crawford at safety and that's, that's what made 2020 weird. That's fair. Because we usually don't see that. You know, we at corner, we saw, look, Tariq Bracey wasn't getting it done, so they put a freshman in the game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, you know, we, we saw that. We saw, you know, as Kyle Hamilton in 2019 made more and more plays, he started to have more and more, more, more snaps. time. Yeah, right. You know, we saw Isaiah <laughs> Foskey get a, a lot of opportunities this year. So it, it was a very strange, very strange year at those two True. positions. However, However. we're going to dive into talking about some potential breakout players that we see on defense. And because there were so many options, Vince are, are we are pretty much on the same page on offense. Yes. We're going to be a little bit different on defense, which is good. It is very good. (laughs) So to start with our breakout conversation on the Notre Dame defense in 2021, I think is we're going to start with the, what I would imagine is the most obvious choice. That anyone that watched any Notre Dame games this season is going to look at and say, yeah, yeah that guy's going to break out for Notre Dame next year. And that is defensive end rising now, now junior man, these time time's flying now rising junior defensive end, Isaiah Foskey.
1: Yes, and uh, again, if we're like if I was a betting man, uh, and I was going to rank these guys to where you know I'm going to put my money on the guy that I feel the most confident in, so like a confidence pick, if you will, yes, then it's Isaiah Foskey. There's no question about it. I mean, he's got the tools physically. Um, I think when he's gotten his opportunity, he has shown uh, you know the faith in the in the coaching staff to get him on the field, and and look, his opportunities were few and far between. Mm-hmm. Uh, but when he got on the field, he made plays, and with more of an opportunity, more plays are going to be made. Mm-hmm. I just, I love his motor. I love his physical attributes. Uh Can I say I love the fact that he wears number seven as well? I well, I mean, it is
2: the greatest. I mean, is this suck up to to Brian Day? Because I mean, that is the greatest number ever. I mean, oh I'm, my god, just, I didn't I'm even know saying. you. I didn't yeah.
1: even know you wore that number. Yeah, what, I mean, I'm hole, just saying. I wore I it. I it John Elway look look wore now. it, and now Isaiah Foskey <laughs> wore it. So I mean, you know. And, there, there it is. So, I mean, it is what it is. So, uh, but no, I just, I just love what he brings to the table. I mm-hmm. think, uh, he, he's going to be a starter this year and just because he's going from a semi rotational player to a starter that immediately puts him into this category sure. as a solid starter. But I think mm-hmm. that his ceiling is even higher uh yeah. in 21 and then even higher in 22, but I think in 21, he has the, um, the potential to be better than just a solid starter. I, th- I think he's mm-hmm. going to be a breakout player.
2: I, I agree. I, I think when you look at what he did this year, I mean, let, let's, let's look at the career trajectory of Isaiah Foskey. Number one, when he first got on the re- recruiting radar with most teams, it was as a tight end. Yeah. That was the position everybody looked at. He was more advanced in high school as a tight end. It really wasn't until his senior year that he started to, become a more impactful defensive player. Notre Dame was actually one of the few schools that recruited him to play defense, and they convinced him that that was where his future is, which I agree with. And so he came to Notre Dame very raw, still learning the position, played four yeah. games as a freshman, and, and did some nice things. You know, he had that yeah. block punt against Stanford late in the year, uh, showed that potential. The, but the first thing you see even before then was, this is a kid who's got the frame of of what you look for in an elite defensive end. I mean, he is 6'5", 250, Really broad shoulders, extremely long arms, athletic, and then this year you started to see that flash. And you know the the reason. I mean, I actually I actually thought he got a, a decent number of snaps this year. I just you know you're not going to play him 40 snaps a game when the guy in front of him is Dalen Hayes. You know, right? Exactly. Um, you know, but he they found a niche for him as a pass rusher. You know, I thought they could have probably used him a little bit more on third down. Um, but you know, you could still see he was still learning the position in a lot of ways. Uh, but, man, when he got his chances to play, he was really good. And I think that yeah. for him in 2020, it was a lot like yeah. you and I talked about with Kyle Hamilton in 2019. Like, the staff did not put him in a lot of situations that where he was going to fail. Right, exactly. They, they protected him to a degree, which and I think was
1: smart. That's good coaching. Smart coaching, that's yes. good you, coaching.
2: You know, he's not a guy you want playing 75% of the run snaps. He's a guy you want being a, be disruptive off the edge. And, and I thought that Coach Elson and, and did a really good job of – finding those opportunities for Isaiah to get into the game and find success. And he was, I think, tied for second on the defense with four and a half sacks. Yeah. It, with, with way fewer snaps than what anybody, fewer. you know, with those, well, the other, uh, those, those other guys got. So to me, when you look at Isaiah Foskey, he's got the size, he's got the length, he's got the athleticism. I mean, that burst at that size is impressive. Yeah. Ah, uh, his closing speed is outstanding, and I think he's going to be used more as a as a true edge rusher this year, and not as much as a drop player as we saw with Dalen Hayes. So I think I think we're going to see him see a. I mean, if he did four and a half sacks as a rotational guy, what's he going to do as a full
1: time player? And it's, he was only it's, really why I look at it, and he was only like a part time rotational player too. I mean, he he, he got on the field, but.
2: Yeah, I mean cuz Ovi, Ovi Agofu played yeah. some. I mean, he was part of that rotation. Yeah, I mean, he was going to get you 20 to 25 snaps at the most a game. It wasn't, you know, it wasn't right. like the rotation of Aquara and Hayes in past years. Right, exactly. Where it was almost a 50-50 because again, Dalen Hayes is far more advanced than Isaiah Foskey was from an assignment standpoint. So, I'm not surprised by it, but I I was impressed with what he does and I think now that he transitions into where it's basically he's going to have to not play well to start. I think he's going to be big time. And to your point, Vince, I don't think he's just going to be a good, solid player. I think he's going to be a guy that people are talking about outside of Notre Dame circles by the end yeah. of the year as well. Exactly. I mean, you, you can't teach the things that he has. And from everything I've heard, he's, he, he puts into work. I mean, he's going yep. to put into work, so that's not an issue either. So I, I think Isaiah Foskey as is a breakout player in Notre Dame is an absolute no-brainer. At the very least, like you said, he's going to be a – a solid. good solid yeah. starter, right? But but I we both think he's going to be even more than that, and, and the track record is that's what happens. Guys leave, and another defensive lineman steps in and is just as good, if not better. I mean, I think you know Ogundesi steps in, and his production was better than what Khalid Kareem did. You know, right. so I mean, that's just kind of what what we've seen happen.
1: Yeah, and like you said, this was uh, this was the no brainer of the day uh, mm-hmm. for both of us, and it was it was okay. You got Isaiah Foskey, yep. Okay, who else you got? Like, it was- <laughs>
2: <laughs> we didn't even spend time talking. Like, yeah, of course. No. Absolutely. I actually had that written down before you started giving me your list. I had Foskey <laughs> written down. Like yeah. I know I, I'm, we may have to have conversation about the, the future of our podcast if Vince didn't have Isaiah Fosky <laughs> on his list. <laughs>
1: that's fair. That's that's a fair assessment. Yeah.
2: <laughs> but I had faith in you, my friend. I had Thank faith you.
1: In you. I appreciate it. There's always one out there
2: i i think there's a second no-brainer on this you know we talked before about isaiah foskey being a no-brainer i think there's a second no-brainer on this one at least for me and and i think you and i are are not necessarily in the majority when it comes to folks to cover notre dame in in this one and that is houston griffith now yep i did a i did an article on on irishbreakdown.com where i predict the breakout players for 2020 and my list now is different than it was then because at the time houston griffith was no longer part of the football team at notre dame he, was in the he, is, portal. Now, he is now yeah. back he is out of the portal he is now officially uh back on the team and that is the guy that you and i both Vince, view as a as a another potential breakout player for the notre dame defense in 2020
1: well look i i didn't um i i shouldn't say i didn't when when uh, Coach Freeman was brought in uh, to, to coach this defense and I, I was curious as to, you know, it's like with the president. Right. With the first hundred days, you can kind of see like what the priorities are and things of that nature. Right. With, with Marcus Freeman, it was OK. I, I'm curious to see what his priorities are with this team. Mm-hmm. And within 24 hours, he, he, or, you know, his people or however, whatever had reached out to the Griffith family mm-hmm. that he wanted to talk. Yeah. And that spoke volumes to me. Um, and, and I think it backed up what you and I already thought about who Houston Griffith is as a, as a person, as a player, mm-hmm. um, how important he was to this team and how they needed to get him back in the fold. Right. And and I think that, was one of his best recruiting jobs up to this point. And I realize it's a short tenure at this point, but the fact that he was able to do that and that was one of the things he wanted to get done first tells me a lot about who Marcus Freeman is and where he sees this defense going. Now, you could say, you know, the devil's advocate could be like, well, he looked at the depth chart for safety and was like, we better get this guy back, otherwise we're screwed. Right? There's part of that. I get that. Um, But there's also... This kid has the potential to be one heck of an athlete, one heck of a safety at Notre Dame once he gets to stay at one position and safety is his home. And so now that he'll have a second full season at that position, he's. we saw him in the spring, right? And again, it was one practice, but he was the starter at that time. And he was flying around the field. I mean, he was playing like a guy who wasn't worried about anybody taking his spot, he had no pressure. I mean, when guys can play like that, it's you, you can just see it. It's different. They play at a different level and a different speed. And that's where I thought Houston Griffith was. And then he was fighting an uphill battle pretty much the rest of the season. Right. Um, and then when he would get on the field because he was no longer the starter, now he's pressing. He's trying to impress. He's he's trying to do all the things that are going to keep him on the field. My
2: snaps are limited. I got to do something yes. to
1: stand out. And, and, that's, and that's how you make mistakes. That's a struggle, man. So – I I just feel like with this year, he he is the starter. I mean, Mm -hmm. barring something crazy happening, uh, he's the starter. So that pressure should be off. Now, Grant, you're trying to impress new coaches, and I, and I get all that.
2: But I don't but think that's something that's ever been a thing for Houston. I don't think so I don't, I don't think he's ever – like when you say, you know, he wasn't worried about losing a spot, you're not saying, like, he wasn't worried about competition. That's just the kind of confidence he has in himself. Yes. Like, just give me the chance, and I'm going to show you what I can do. I think the right. frustration for Houston was is that he, he didn't feel like he was getting that opportunity. And you talked about how he looked in that one practice. Vince, We, you and I were – you know, we weren't – you were working somewhere else at the time, but I remember when he was yeah. a freshman – and they moved him to safety, and we're sitting there watching. Yeah. Like, God, he looks so confident there. So, confident. Yes. he's making quick reads. Like, they're running bootlegs behind him, and he's already flying downhill before the quarterback has even got out of his boot because he re- he read the tight end perfectly and blew it up. You remember those plays? Oh yeah. And so then they started jacking him around: nickel, corner, safety, nickel, well, corner, safety, and he just never got comfortable.
1: Yes, and it was it was a situation where he had too much to think about, and he mm-hmm. he wasn't comfortable. Moving all over the place. I it's similar, and I know this is this is your favorite guy, but it's similar to when Brian Van Gorder was the defensive coordinator, and the guys had so much to think about mm-hmm. that they were playing slower, they right. weren't playing confident. So right. it, it, it's a bit of a simile there, right? A, a bit of a uh I get uh, your point. Example. When, when you're, you know, when you're
2: moving him around as much, he's never able to learn enough to be yes. comfortable at one spot. I get that, exactly. and I think yeah. there was a little bit of lost confidence as a freshman because they were asking him to play in the slot. And he's just not a guy that is it should be flipping his hips and coverage a ton. He's a guy that is a yeah. downhill, keep things in front of you, use your instincts and fly to the ball and pick up drags and crossers and stuff like that. That's where he is at yeah. his best. Yep. And so I think that this is gonna give him an opportunity to, to be at one spot to your point, yep. but also yep. in a defense that I think is gonna fit his skill set very well. And and let me let me clarify something on on the portal situation. Yes, Marcus Freeman probably did look at the trans, at the depth chart and said, "Yeah, we, we need to get him back." But you know what? There's 30 safeties in the transfer portal right now, at least. You you know what I mean? Like the the number of players in the portal right now is insane. If they yeah. didn't, if he didn't think Houston Griffith could play, he could have easily just said, "Hey, let me go find a guy that that I like better." Sure, uh, but I mean, within within hours of him getting the job, he was. And, and let me say something else. It was n- there was zero interest from houston griffith to return to notre dame prior to marcus freeman being hired zero and so the the to be able to flip it that that quickly i think yeah. is an impressive uh job by marcus freeman but i also think deep down it shows that this is ultimately where houston wanted to be yep he wanted to be at notre dame uh it was just that you know he also wanted to be at a place where they were going to give him a shot and, and that's the thing and you know we, we broke that story when we talked to houston i said you know did he did he Tell you that you know you were going to start he goes no he never told me that i never asked that it wasn't about being promised anything it was all i wanted was an opportunity to show my skills and he he i mean that was the only thing i guess you could say he promised him that but that's not really a promise i mean that's just
1: that's good coaching
2: right and so you know i think that there's also a level of confidence from houston that they talked a lot of football yeah. And he feels like, yeah, this is this is going to suit what I do really well. And he looked at a lot of film and he because, you know, he back everything that, that Coach Freeman told him, he went and looked at the film to see if what he was telling him was accurate. And it, it all checked out, you know, and so film doesn't lie. Right. Right. So I, I think when you put him in, in a situation where he's going to fit a defense, he's going to fit in. I think he's he, you know, he's not worried about not losing his job from the standpoint of, just the standpoint of he's confident in himself. If you right. give me the opportunity, I'm gonna I'm gonna make you you know reward And we talked about this after he decided to come back. Vince, the one game where he played where he wasn't looking over his shoulder was the North Carolina game because Kyle Hamilton got ejected,
1: and he was yeah, they wasn't coming back in right right,
2: and so he was rotating with D J Brown. But I thought he played really well that game. That was his yep. best game by far, and, and that was and so, one of the better
1: offenses that Notre Dame uh, that faced all season.
2: Yeah, in the regular season, the only other offense that was as good was Clemson's. I mean, that's it.
0: Just go to indeed.com slash blue wire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about indeed on this podcast. That's indeed.com slash blue wire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need indeed.
2: Thompson. Uh, right. So anyway, I I'm I think that one is another It's a no-brainer, you know, where he's going to go from lightly used to a good, solid starter. Now, how how good is he beyond that? Just good quality, solid starter uh, remains to be seen. He's got to prove that, right? He still has a lot to prove as a player, but I think at the very least, he's going to. You're going to have a solid safety situation at Notre Dame next year. At worst, at best, it could be outstanding. Yes, but again, I need to see Houston now back that up the talent is there the opportunity is there now he has to back it up if he wants to really show that he he did in fact deserve more of a shot than he got the economy is made up of real people doing real stuff and it affects everything which you obviously know since you're a real person doing real stuff marketplace is here to help you get smart about everything beyond the what of the day's business and economic news we dig into the how and the why with the real people driving our economy From big tech and interest rates to small businesses and what's happening at the Fed, Marketplace breaks it all down so you don't have to. Listen to Marketplace wherever you get your podcasts. Now, this is where we start to vary a little bit, Vince, in some of our prognostications for breakout players for the Notre Dame defense in 2022. Uh, Our third breakout player is the same position, Yes, but we have a little bit of a difference of opinion on who that breakout player is going to be, so why don't you kick things off?
1: Well, at least it's the same position for now. Right, uh, that that could change potentially. I'm
2: still going to count them as the same position.
1: That's fine. That, it, 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 it
2: may not be this. What I mean by position is linebacker. Okay, fair enough. All not right, not necessarily one weak side or
1: strong side linebacker. Because I think sorry. they could
2: end up playing together, depending on when I, they go to the three linebacker looks.
1: I do too. I do too. Um, so let it roll. Yes. So so my third breakout player, and we we got we got a taste. We got a we got a bit of a taste. Uh, of this guy um, this year, and it's Jack Kaiser. And I think that he was one of the guys that really took it on the chin uh, with the whole Shane Simon situation at Buck linebacker. Um, I think there, at the very least there should have been a rotation there uh, between Shane Simon, Jack Kaiser, and your guy uh, because I, I think that that would have only benefited them moving into the future. And And the fact that Jack Kaiser got one full game and was dominant um, I, I think speaks volumes now it wasn't uh, you know the best offense that Notre Dame saw all season well,
2: I Notre think. Dame played a lot of bad offenses Let's they be honest did about they that. did but and, it the, wasn't, and the Bucks still didn't play well
1: right and, and and it wasn't a matter of the of he was just a better athlete than the guys that he was playing against in that game it was his instincts were better um, were better than Shane Simon. Uh, he he was moving to the ball quicker. He was making more plays. He he was he's just more instinctual at that position uh, than Shane Simon was. And I was very disappointed that we didn't get to really see him the rest of the season. I mean, there was a couple of cameos here and there, but overall, that, that was his one shining moment. Uh, mm-hmm. Since we're about to move into March Madness here, so um, I, I think that with given the opportunity. I think Jack Kaiser can be an absolute star uh, on Mm -hmm. this defense because his skill set is perfect for what they want him to do kind of in that. And and I forget the name that you called it, but it's kind of like the Rover, but like, yeah, they don't, I I mean, I don't know
2: what they've called it a star in the past last year was sort of a A Sam linebacker and they didn't even really use it as much last year. So right. And we don't even know how they're gonna are they gonna go four two five with just two linebackers? Are they gonna go four two five with the fifth guy being sort of a hybrid guy? I really still don't don't know what they're gonna do. But I I think think, from what what I'm told, I I believe they're going with more of a four-down base. Okay. Uh, and then they're gonna mix it up from that. But you know, we're gonna have to see
1: how exactly he uses that that And and I think we'll we'll see three linebackers on the field at times. There's Mm -hmm. no question. And when they do uh, I think my guy and your guy definitely need to be on the field at the same time. I, I just yeah. think that Jack Kaiser is a star in the making, and I, yeah. I'm really looking forward to watching him play given the proper opportunity, which I yeah. do believe he will get.
2: Right. And, and look, I think, I think this Buck linebacker situation shows that, look, we can praise a coach and still – find criticism of them. Of just because we pr- criticize the decision doesn't mean that we think the coach stinks or whatever. Yeah. I think Clark Lee did a great job at Notre Dame. Yes. I just think in this instance, he fell in love with one guy's certain traits and, and just stubbornly stuck to that thinking that guy was going to have the similar breakout to Osmar Blal. I think their best linebacker never like played one game and it was a Jack. It was just Jack Lamb, not Jack Kaiser. I still think Jack Lamb is their best player, but once I, the initial decision was made and it was, I can't really get into too much, but it, it was once the initial decision was made and things that transpired, it was obvious that Jack Lamb was never going to get a shot to play again at Notre Dame, which is unfortunate because he's a really good football player. Oh, he's no. going to go start for some somebody at the big level, and he's going to
1: be a darn good football player. I, I was really hoping that, uh, that Marcus Freeman was going to go after yeah. Jack Lamb. As I think well,
2: he knew that one wasn't going to change. Okay.
1: It,
2: it, that one, there was nothing he's going to be able to do to fix that one let's just leave it at that and that's fine and so yeah that that, well, that disappointing was disappointing because yeah. I agree
1: with you I, I love the play of Jack Lamb yeah. uh, there's no question about it I, I that position was just yeah. so deep and so good mm-hmm. it's a shame that that, that Jack is transferring, but you know what? You got to do what's best for you, right. and, and and I and I totally get
2: that. Yeah, he's gonna he's gonna thrive wherever he goes. Uh, yeah. There's no doubt about
1: it. I'm that. real curious to see where he's yeah. gonna end up. I really. Yeah. There's end. a lot of schools after
2: him, so it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting. He's gonna have plenty of options, so I'm curious to see what he's gonna do. Now, my breakout player is, at linebacker is, is Maris Lufau, and to me, I think he is he is ideally suited for this defense. It's an aggressive downhill defense. That is gonna. He, it needs range. It needs athleticism, and these sure. guys that can attack. And we, and when we did our linebacker breakdown, we showed how much more productive the linebacker position is, or, or was inside. You need inside linebackers that can make a lot of plays in the backfield. And you know, there's nobody to me that's better attacking downhill than Marist. I mean, his his instincts and all that are good. He made a lot of mistakes last year, but he's a red shirt freshman that never played before, so I expected right. that. But his athleticism, the one thing that popped and here's the difference between him him and Shane Simon. They're both really athletic players. The difference is Maris just goes and he'll make mistakes, but he's just going to fly to the football. And he's and you know, and sometimes he'll make mistakes, but still make a play. I mean, the fact that he was so much more productive than Shane Simon, despite playing so fewer snaps is just it's kind of
1: head scratching mind boggling yeah yeah
2: and and you know he's a guy that if the linebacker battle is truly open I have a hard time not seeing him playing a lot of snaps this year as that as that weak side inside linebacker and you know he he is a weapon that this and and he's definitely a guy that you have to have on the field on third down with all due respect to Bo Bauer you you have to have Marist on the field on third down have to he needs to be you need to turn him loose on the quarterback. And he's got some coverage ability as well. Again, his biggest issue is going to be assignment correctness. That's going to be the only thing that's going to hold him back. He's got to be more assignment correct because you can't make as many assignment mistakes as he made. But when he was, when he knew what he was doing and he went to the ball, he was super impressive. So um, I could see a scenario, Vince. If they play more three linebacker stuff, I could see a scenario where Maris and Jack Kaiser are on the field a lot together. And if that's the case, boy, that's a lot of range and athleticism yeah. outside linebacker. Because the one thing they both have is outstanding. At- this is an extremely athletic group of linebackers. Um and when you look at when you look at Maris and Jack Kaiser plus Osita Ekwanu, uh, Bo mm-hmm. Bower's a very good box athlete. Drew White's a very underrated athlete. And Shane Simon, for all his flaws, is still very athletic. He just doesn't have the instincts to play football at a high right. level. Hopefully that changes. Because sure. if the light goes on for Shane Simon this year, like we're bang- banging on Shane Simon because how he played, it's not personal. If the light goes on for Shane Simon, he could absolutely have an Asmar Bilal-type breakout. And even more so because I think Shane's probably a little better athlete than Asmar sure. was. I agree. It's just he showed no signs of that light going on this year. Uh, but if it doesn't, you know, let's say Marcus Freeman's able to communicate to him in a way that allows that light to click, then Shane Simon could be that breakout player for Notre Dame. But just based on what we've seen, you know, he that's why he's not in this conversation. Right. I, I don't know what your thoughts are on Shane Simon as far as d- discussing what he was and is compared to what he could be. I actually think he's very talented. I just don't think he plays very well.
1: Yeah, and there, and that's you know sometimes that's just how it is. Sometimes guys just don't play well. I mean, they have all the the yeah. traits, so to speak. Uh, I mean, he he's one of the better athletes on the team. There's no yeah. question about it. We we've, we've seen it. Um, mm-hmm. It's just from from the linebacker position. It's a lot about instinct. It's a yeah. lot about being able to uh, read and digest information very very quickly, and then an attack and, and attack and I and I just feel like the wheels don't move. Right, quite fast enough, and that has nothing to do with his mental capacity or any of that. It's just a play diagnosis, if you because he's a,
2: a great student. I mean, that, that yeah, that's not... right.
1: And that, that's again, that's not, you know what I'm saying. I, yeah. I just don't want people to think I'm calling him dumb. I mean, right. that, that's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying his play diagnosis is a little bit slow, and so he's slow to react, right? And when you're slow to react at linebacker, the play's over, like there's right. nothing you can do about it,
2: right? I think the thing too with, with Shane Simon is. He is so robotic as a player. It's like if you tell him to drop at 45 degrees, he's going to drop at 45 degrees. So I actually think he knows the playbook really well. He doesn't have the feel for playing defense. It, it, and that to me is is the issue is he doesn't make a lot of assignment mistakes. He's just always late because he is he doesn't just go. And and that's going to be the thing for me is he's got to prove that he can just go. And if he if he can't do that, they they have to make a change because they can't get sure. another year at buck linebacker with what we saw this year. It can't even be close. He's gonna have to be way better. Um, and the other reason is is because there is so much talent there, that th- there's another reason for it. So I, I think if he if he if the competition is open unless Shane Simon turns it around and, and look, we could say he's gonna have another Asmar bilal type breakout, but the reality is guys like Asmar are rare. You don't yeah. see guys go from like, you know, because we had that same conversation with like Steve Filer, Remember him? Another freaky athlete that you're just like, football just wasn't natural for him, you know? Uh, and he never figured it out. Osmar is, it was rare. That rarely happens. And so hopefully Shane is the next guy to do that. I just, I'm definitely with him going to have to be in a, believe it when I see it mode. Okay. Whereas with Jack Kaiser and Marist, we've seen those flashes from those guys. a lot right. of flashes. It's just right. now about putting it all together. And so that's why I think, right. Between the two of them, I think one of them is going to get a shot to to do something something big this year. Now, Vince, this is where we have a big shift now. So when when yeah, so let's just dive into this, okay? okay. So our our fourth guy is definitely different now. I did have this player on my original okay breakout list because at the time, Houston Griffith wasn't planning on coming back. And so, but now your fourth guy isn't is not my fourth guy because of Houston Griffith has basically replaced him on my list. So okay. I don't think That's you're insane fair. for this one as you dive into <laughs> it. I'm insane it's just, for a lot of other reasons. I can't have him quite in my top four because of of the circumstances are just different now than they were then. But but I but yeah, so so just dive into it. Your fourth, your fourth guy is.
1: Yeah. So so let me preface uh this selection uh real quick because um I've loved this guy for a couple of years now mm-hmm. and I really loved it when they moved him from offense to defense um just because I think his skill set really puts him head and shoulders above some other guys uh he, his physical attributes if you will um tell them who you're talking about you' you're, the lead-in is killing me I love it I you're love killing it me it's like a, this is your life. Uh, mm-hmm. Anyway, um, I'm talking about Cam Hart. And and the reason being, he's 6'2 two uh, 207 pounds, at least listed on the roster last year. Um, that automatically gives him a heck of an advantage because he's already athletic as all get out. And then you add that height and that length that he's got. And he's starting off like a couple of steps ahead of everybody else uh, at the defensive back position. And I also want to say that, he falls into the category for me of somebody who is like, uh, I'm putting that small bet on to make the big money. Right. Mm -hmm. It's it's um, he has the opportunity to really break out, but Mm -hmm. is he going to get the opportunity? Is he going to be a guy that sees a lot of playing time? I'm betting that he is, but Vegas isn't, you know what I mean? Like that's where this is for me. Um, I I just, I love his attributes. I love his compete level. I, I think that, I think he's going to be a stud when he finally gets his opportunity. Um, And and there's some, some open opportunities this year, Uh, obviously with Nick McLeod uh, leaving and graduating. um, I I think there, there's a a huge opportunity for him. And look, the, the other side uh, isn't exactly locked down Mm -hmm. uh, because you had a true freshman and and you had a kid who lost his confidence. So I think that the the corner position on both sides is wide open uh, this year. And so, Uh, I just think Cam Hart, if he gets an opportunity, I I think he's going to really turn some heads uh, because people, I think, have forgotten about him Mm -hmm. uh, since he went from offense to defense, and uh, I think he's just poised to make a, a big leap. I
2: had him on my list for similar reasons. I think that he will get an opportunity from the sources I've talked to. They they very much like his talent. He just has to, number one, stay healthy. He hasn't always been healthy. And number two, the lights got to go on for him as a corner. This is really the second full year of him playing corner. He split his freshman yeah. year in 2019. He split between receiver, started the year at receiver, eventually moved to corner late in the year. So this is just his second full year. And he didn't have spring ball last year. And and spring was going to be huge for him because it was going to be his first chance to really get that individual attention at the position that you really can't give in fall camp. When fall camp, you got about a week to do some of that. And then after that, it's kind of we're getting ready for the year. Spring ball is all about technique, fundamentals, basics, one hundred one, install, that kind of stuff. And so him missing that was big. So I think that stunted his growth a little bit. Well, that's going to be should be different now. We should have spring ball now. Uh, there's no reason not to have spring ball this year so I think you're he's a guy that has a chance Vince to see a big jump in his play and and they are going to give him a chance to do it now are they going to give him a super 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 long leash uh, no because there's other players there he's going to have sure. to show it and you've got an incoming freshman class that's really good Um, and we talked about that previously on a breakdown uh, at Irish breakdown in a podcast with Brian Smith this is a really good freshman class so You know, the the leash is going to be somewhat long, but not incredibly long. Otherwise, they're going to have to find somebody else to play. And I think Clarence Lewis is a guy that could also play in the boundary. He might even be more ideally suited for the boundary if somebody else steps up at the field position. So there's going to be competition there. But I think Cam Hart is a very unique player in that you you talk about that size and that athleticism, things you can't teach. He's just still learning to play the position. And if the light goes on for him and he has that kind of year to jump that I think he's certainly capable of having yeah he could be a big time player for notre dame but let me run another theory by you vince okay notre, notre dame marcus freeman has shown at cincinnati mm-hmm. that that fifth db you know so we talked about notre dame ran a 4-2-5 under mike elko and clarkley the reality however is that their 4-2-5 was essentially run out of 4-3 personnel notre dame basically went with three linebackers jeremiah right. was a linebacker drew tranquil was a linebacker So it was a 4 2 5 defense with 4 3 personnel. Marcus Freeman, however, prefers to have a fifth true defensive back on the field if possible. Now at Cincinnati, he can still have three linebackers because they only had three defensive linemen. If they go to a 4 2 5 now, I think that there's going to be times where it's a third linebacker. But I think we're going to see a lot of five true 5 DBs. They prefer a safety body at that position. Cam Hart is unique. In that he has corner cover skills, but a safety body.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: If he's not your every down corner, or if there's a third corner that you – let's just say hypothetically that the light goes on for Tariq Bracey and he gets his confidence back, and he's ready to rock and roll at field. I think you and I agree that if he – that would be key for the defense because he's still their best cover player. When when he's confident, Tariq Bracey is by far their best man cover guy, and this is a defense where they want to play a lot of man. So let's say he steps up and he's back to being what he should be. And you feel good enough to move. You know, you've know, you got some other options there. You've got Ramon Henderson. You've got the incoming freshman class that can play the field position. You really like Clarence Lewis in the boundary where he can compete with you know some of the freshmen as well. And then you say, we're going to try Cam Hart in the slot as that fifth DB. I could see that being an option too, Vince, because – He's got that body type where he's got that size where he can bring some of the safety downhill tackling to the table, but then he can also cover. You know, he can cover slots. You know, so now you have a safety slash corner that can run with a tight end. You know, they can cover back yeah, of the backfield it, exactly that, that right, can come yeah. up and take blocks, and he can cover slot guys. You know, because those are similar to what he's going to have to be covering outside. So that would be an interesting scenario, and I'm really curious to find out when you know when talking to sources we go through spring if cam Hart's get any kind of look in the slot because if they want to find a third safety i don't know if the third safety at notre dame right now would fit that bill and that's DJ i agree. Brown. No, i don't I think agree. dj brown fills that fits that so that's not where you're gonna get your dj needs to be on the back end as a rotation guy yep not in the slot and you know maybe it's kj wallace you know maybe it's litchfield ashevon but to me I really like the option of Cam Hart. Now, the key to that, though, Vince, is you can't move him if other corners don't step up. So, him being able to play there is dependent upon other guys emerging at corner as well. But sure. either way, those are two possible, and that's why he was on my initial list. Is he's not either it, it works a corner or he or he's nothing. He could he could maybe maybe not be as as great at corner, but then you move him inside to that slot position, and now you have a safety over top of him. To kind of protect him at times, but now that's a p- position where he could really thrive because yeah. now he could you could blitz him off the edge. That's a long rangey dude coming off the edge. He can yep. take on blocks. So, what do you think about the possibility, Vince, of him maybe being that that sort of that nickel guy in this in this defense?
1: I, I think that that might be ideal to be honest with you and and you you kind of broke it down from a size standpoint and and from a cover standpoint he can match up with just about anybody Mm -hmm. um he can match up with the short little you know uh slot type guy you know your prototypical slot guy but he can also match up against the big tight ends who they put in slot uh and and split them out as Mm -hmm. well um and when you have a guy like that who can play against both different types of slots I think that is where now you have an advantage on the defensive side. Mm-hmm. Um, and you mentioned from a blitzing standpoint, we know that Marcus Freeman likes to bring blitzes from all over the place. We've seen corner blitzes, we've seen nickel blitzes, we've seen linebacker blitzes. Um, you know, we've seen them from all over the field. And that just gives you another added opportunity yeah. to bring pressure from another level. And when he's coming, his length and his size automatically shut down passing lanes. Right? Disruptive. Yeah, yeah, man. Like, I mean, just getting his hands in the air, left, right, up, and around. I mean, he takes up a lot of space. It's so, easier
2: for a 6'3 corner to th- or quarterback to throw over top of a 5'11. Yeah. Slot guy.
1: That's exactly it. right. He's 6'2 and a half at this point. Um, mm-hmm. And we haven't seen. Any new measurables? And he's a
2: long six and a half, too. That's correct. Very long
1: arms. And he's just—he just when we've seen him play, he's just smooth. He's athletic. He's just a kid who I'm excited about, frankly. And whether he's in the slot or whether he ends up getting one of those uh, those starting spots on the outside, I think that he is going to be an asset to this defense. Uh, And again, I'm putting down small money to make the big money uh, with Cam Hart, and 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 I think it's good money. I really do.
2: I, I think too, Vince, to your point, you keep talking about his length and his athleticism. I think that alone makes you as a defensive coach say we gotta try to find a place for this kid. He's too long, he's too right. athletic to not exactly fit somewhere. You know, and and that's gonna be that's gonna be interesting to see how that and he was a guy that I even thought about if Houston Griffith didn't come back, maybe moving to safety. You know, putting him beside Kyle Hamilton, so, uh, and that's something I wrote about at the time as well. So he's a very intriguing player, and I think he's got that kind of body that, as a coach, you got to say, we can't not. We got to find a place to play him. We have to exhaust all options with him. And if he's just not good enough to play at any of those spots, then he's just not good enough to play. Or if somebody's better, then somebody's better. But you have to try and find a place for him. He's just got too many traits. He's to me, he's the Isaiah Foskey of the secondary. He's just. He's got too many natural, God-given abilities that you love that you you're not going to give him a chance to play. And if the light goes on, he could yeah. be a difference maker for Notre yes. Dame
1: somewhere. Absolutely agree with that.
2: Now let's talk about my fourth guy. Now, and, and so this is going to give a little bit of a uh, little bit of nuggets for you. So, some one of the things I've gathered, and, and again, we'll find out when they report for spring if this is going to turn out being true. But I've been told by a couple sources now that there's a good chance. That Notre Dame is going to give Myron Tungavaloa a look at strong side end this year, whether it's in a three down or a four down look. And uh, that mean part of the reason is is because there's a lot of confidence in that those guys behind him to step in and, and do the job at three technique. And that would be Jason Adamiola and Riley Mills. Plus, you have Howard Cross, you have Jacob Lacey. Uh, you have yeah. Gabriel Rubio shows up as a red sh- as a as a true freshman. Roley. you've got Aiden, Keanu, yep. Anna, Eric the Nose. There's a lot of talent there. You're not as thin. You're not as thin, or you're not as deep at at, at end, especially with Ovi Agofu leaving. Because there was a scenario in which I could have seen if Ovi would have come back, where Ovi and Jordan Patelho could have handled that that boundary outside linebacker slash defensive end position. And you could have used Isaiah Foskey with Justin Adamiola at strong side end. Right. I really would have liked that combination. But now, obviously, you can't do that because Ovi's gone and you don't have the depth at the drop spot. So, you know, you, you're, you're going to need more bodies because it's Justin Adamiola yeah. and, and a lot of uncertainty, right? So you move Myron out there, and this is going to open up an opportunity for Jason Adamiola to have a breakout year. I thought last year – uh, he it was strange. He was used mostly as a run defender his first two years, and he graded out both years as Notre Dame's best run defender <laughs> on, th- on, on on a defensive tackle. Last year, he was mo- used primarily as a pass rusher, and he was their best, uh, most productive pass rusher per snap. Amazing tackle. Well, now it's time for him to put it all together. Right. And number one is about the opportunity. And number two is he's got to stay on the field because every time the last two years he was on the verge of really breaking out and getting more and more snaps he's got banged up and it's cost him games you know it yeah. was it was late in year 19 and 20 so he's got to prove he can stay healthy and but if he does i think he's got a chance to be a breakout player and if for some reason he gets hurt and it doesn't happen then i could see riley mills being that breakout player but i think yeah. jason adamiola has a chance to go from a rotation player to a standout not just a starter that puts up from a rotation player to a standout. I think he's hungry. I think the opportunity is going to be there. The key for him is he's got to stay on the field. If he can stay on the field now that he's a senior, he's going to have that fourth year kind of grown man weight room strength. I think this is a guy that could be not just a good, you know, do your job three technique, which is what Notre Dame's really had the last couple of years, just guys that just do your job. I think he's a guy that can be a difference maker, a playmaker, a 10 plus tackles for loss kind of guy. I think he has that kind of talent, and that's why, for me, I have Jason Adamiola as my fourth breakout player on the Notre Dame defense in 2021.
1: And I, and I almost feel like he is one of those guys who like, – I've almost considered him as a starter uh, up to this point just because of the the rotation and the way things have kind of gone, and you're right, he he's had some trouble staying on the field for various reasons, but um, I, I've always considered him like a starter, and I mm-hmm. agree with you about him being a breakout because I think he's going to go from – like that starter role to like the next level that that's where I see Jason Adam Alola. And it's funny because I think you could have gone with Justin as well, because I think he's Mm going to break out of his brother's shadow even more this year Mm -hmm. uh, because I think he's been stuck in that shadow, even though he's done really good things at Notre Dame and you and I notice it. I still think that even as a recruit, he was always in his brother's shadow. And I think this is the year he steps up and, and busts out. But I think, I think Jason has the opportunity to really take his game to the next level. I think people are really going to start to take notice of the interior of Notre Dame's defense. Mm-hmm. And, and it's going to be led by Jason adam I, I think yeah. that's how good he can be.
2: Right. And Kurt Heinisch was a grinder for Notre Dame last year. Sure. He's turned into a really good football player, getting him back for a fifth year. I mean, he's literally going to play five full seasons at Notre Dame because of yes. that rule, uh, you know, is big for them, but he's just a do your job and make the occasional play. Jason has a chance to be a legitimate difference Correct. maker, a Jerry Tillery type of difference maker, different body types, different skill sets, but more of just that, that impact. You have to worry about him. If you try to single him with a guard, you're going to get beat. He's too athletic. His hand play is too good. So, for me, I think he has a chance to be a breakout, and honestly, him and Isaiah Foskey are going to determine whether or not Notre Dame has just a good, solid defensive line this year or once again has one of the game's best defensive lines, which they've had for stretches of the last three seasons. I think those two guys, to me, are the key. They are the guys with the star- – look, Myron Tungvalu is a good football player. I don't think he ever has is, is going to be a star. Right. Kurt Heinrich, same way. Justin Adam could be a, just a really good, he has been a Solid, really good football yeah. player. Like he's just going to get the job done. Jason and Foskey to me have star talent yes and they need them to become stars and then if you can get Jordan Patelho stepping into the rotation is sort of that that next drop to rotate to give Foskey a breather you can use them in some pass rushing situations on opposite sides with Adam inside you have a really athletic attacking defensive line and then you throw Riley Mills in the mix to keep Jason fresh those two guys are going to be standouts and and if Jason if Jason doesn't get take advantage of this opportunity, then Riley's going to take advantage of this opportunity. So, I think there's a chance right. for this defensive line to be outstanding this year. But they do need at least one or two guys to step up and be stars. Not just you can't just have four good players across the board. You're going to be good, but you're not going to be great in the big games. They need stars. They need guys to step up in the big games and take games over. And I think Foskey and Jason Adamuola are the guys that can get that done. So that is going to be it for today's episode of the 2021 breakout players for the Notre Dame defense. Check back with us tomorrow on the podcast and on our YouTube channel, which we would appreciate if you subscribe to both of them. Uh, And to sign up for our Facebook group, you can find that information on our Facebook page. It's just facebook.com backslash Iris Breakdown. You'll see links to that. And uh, check out our, our recruiting stuff that's coming up tomorrow. We're going to have a lot going on. Now, a lot going on at IrishBreakdown.com, so stay locked in with. So for Vince i on Brian Driscoll, thanks for listening, and we will talk to you again very soon.